Welcome back. This is Davis, your AI host of the COM 122 podcast. We will continue the talk on audience research. It is a very extensive subject area in media studies. The most commonly referenced example of audience research is ratings. We all know why rating matters. In a media market dominated by the commercial mandate, ratings define the value and the success of a media product. In this episode and the next, our guest, Henry, will tell us about Nielsen ratings. Let's see what audience research entails. From a media industry perspective, audience research is a form of market research conducted prior to, during, and after media products are developed and distributed. The goal of audience research is to integrate audience preferences into the products to increase content popularity. Because media companies often operate in a dual product market, that is, they sell content to the audience and the audience to advertisers. So their audience research is used to measure content popularity and in a way that defines the value of two things, the value of content to viewers and the value of acquired audience to advertisers. Here is an example. Lower rated and less popular movies, shows and music albums may be sold cheaper because they are in less demand. This is how content popularity can be reflected in pricing. On Google Play or iTunes Store, you can find that most movies and TV shows are sold for between $1 and $20. But when it comes to the pricing of content for advertisers, it varies greatly. This is because for advertisers, the value does not lie in content but in what type of audience the content draws. As Super Bowl and presidential debates draw a much larger audience, the pricing for placing ads in these shows are exponentially higher. Audience research is primarily concerned with three things, who is consuming the content, how many are consuming the content, and how they consume the content. When it comes to the who part, we are talking about audience segmentation, which is a process of sorting people into homogeneous subgroups based upon defined criteria such as product usage, demographics, psychographics, communication behaviors, and media use. In this realm, audience research is used to gauge whether the real audience matches up to the constructed audience. The real audience are the actual people who consume the media content. This can be found through various audience research such as ratings, focus group interviews, and advanced digital data analytics. But before any media product is launched, media producers would imagine what their audience will be. That is referred to as the constructed audience. We all sort of know who the constructed audience is by the glance of the plot, characters, and settings of a show. The who part is also the most fascinating aspect of audience research. What media we consume often reflects who we are and where our political ideology, cultural values, and tastes converge and clash with that of others. You can view the New York Times article titled Duck Dynasty Against Modern Family. 50 maps of the U.S. of the cultural divide. In the past, people used ratings to gauge who is watching a particular show. But now, modern-day data analytic techniques can be leveraged for more precisely profiling the audience. For example, the New York Times article I just mentioned maps out the audience of various TV shows based on the data of Facebook likes. You can also try a tool called Google Trends, which tracks search activities of keywords, Go to Google Trends and type in the name of your favorite show and see what surprises you. 
In the traditional TV market, Nielsen Ratings has created a virtual monopoly in the marketplace of TV audience measurements, patenting technology systems widely used in audience research nationally and internationally. To proprietarily calculate local TV ratings in the U.S., Nielsen uses a much less glamorous system. During their yearly sweeps, specific time periods during February, May, July, and November, Nielsen collects audience measurements across the country, focusing on DMA, designated market areas. DMS regions are the geographic areas in the United States in which local television viewing is measured by Nielsen. A DMA region is a group of counties that form an exclusive geographic area in which the home market television stations hold a dominance of total hours viewed. There are 210 DMA regions, covering the entire continental United States, Hawaii, and parts of Alaska. The DMA boundaries and DMA data are owned solely and exclusively by Nielsen. Traditionally, the unit of measurement is TV household, not individual viewers. According to Nielsen's estimate, there are 121 million TV households in the U.S. for the 2022 TV season. Compared to individual viewers, TV households are more stable in a designated geographic area and are easier to count. However, it may overlook important varied viewing behavior within a family. The way ratings data are obtained also varies geographically. Nielsen divides the country into 210 DMA, that is, designated market area. The top DMA by size are New York, LA, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Dallas. The New York DMA alone counts for 6.4% of the entire US TV market. Smaller and less populated communities are less paid attention to in Nielsen ratings. The community we live in, Amherst, Ma, belongs to Springfield Holyoke DMA, based on DMA. A different rating measurement approach is used. In the top 25 direct message A, a local people meter is used. Local people meter tracks who is watching and the viewing behavior 24 hours a day, 365 days per year. The device captures what channel the set is tuned to and when. A less advanced tracking device called set meter is used in tier two DMA, that is top 2656. For smaller DMA such as the one we reside in, the diary-only method is used. The diary-only method requires viewers to manually enter their viewing habits, which isn't terribly accurate compared to local people meter and set meter. To sum up, depending on the size of the DMA, the ratings are recorded electronically or by paper diaries. And Nielsen selects a small number of families, Nielsen panel data and Nielsen families whose TV viewing patterns will be used to reflect those of the local area or of the entire nation. Nielsen releases overnight ratings, which are the previous day's ratings results based on the numbers it gets electronically. That's why you can get a snapshot of the ratings of network shows like American Idol the day after it is broadcast. The overnight ratings don't take into account the viewers who fill out diaries of what they watched and mail them to Nielsen those numbers usually take about a month to tabulate and release. The reason TV sweeps periods create tension in the TV industry is that they are a report card of the programs viewers like best and which ones they ignore. From a newsroom at a small affiliate station all the way up to the top jobs at the networks, 
the ratings can lead to firings, promotions, or TV show cancellations. You can mark your calendar for the four rating months and know those will be the times you'll see the best programming. TV executives are all competing to grab your attention. During prime time, you'll see special guests, cliffhanger episodes, and other devices used to get more people to watch a show. Local TV stations follow the same pattern with their newscasts, producing investigative reports and special features that are broadcast specifically during a TV sweeps period to boost their audience. A common way to boost content is through a tie-in to another program. If a character in a popular primetime show is the victim of date rape, you can produce a local news report on date rape to air in that night's newscast. This technique can also be found on the network morning shows, which might preview the date rape episode. Interview a date rape victim and talk to a date rape expert, all as a way of capitalizing on the storyline in the primetime show. Now, we know how Nielsen does TV ratings, but there are a few critical points to be discussed here. Are high ratings equivalent to higher content value for consumers? Do ratings truly capture the preferences and sentiments of all audiences? What are some of the better ways to understand the audience than ratings? And who is in charge of measuring TV audiences? These are the questions for you as we travel deeper into the territory of audience research.